Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah. Nahmaduhu, Wanastainuhu, Wanastafiruhu, Wanuminu Bihi, Wanatawakulu Alay. When I would be lahim in Shururi and Fusina, women say Ati Amalina, Mayatihilahu Fala Mudilla, Mayudilhu Fala Hadiella, when I shadow Allah, Ilaha illallah, when I shadow Anna Muhammadan Abduhu, or a Sulu. Wasallallahu alayhi wa sallam atasliman kathiran kathira Amma ba'ad Fana'udhu billahi minash shaytanu rajim Bismillahir rahmanir rahim Faqala Allah ta'ala fil Qur'an al-Kareem Ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu sbiru Wasabiru Warabitu Wattakullah La'allakum tuflihun Sadaqallahu alayhi wa ladhim Sisters, if I speak at this volume, can you hear me? Clearly? Okay. I'll try to speak louder. So, we praise Allah, we thank Allah, we praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Allah, and thus we say, Alhamdulillah, Nahmaduhu. We praise, we thank, we lovingly appreciate Him. Wanasta'inuhu, we seek His help. Wanastaghfiruhu, we seek His forgiveness. Wanu'minu bihi, wanatawakalu alayh. We believe in Him and we trust and rely upon Him. And we seek refuge with Allah from the wrong within ourselves wrong actions in our actions and whomever Allah guides none can misguide and whomever Allah lets astray none can guide and we bear witness that there is no ilah but Allah there is no master but Allah we are servants to none but Allah there is no God but Allah and we seek from Allah to shower his blessings upon his servant and messenger Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam Kathiran Kathira, and many more, and many more. My beloved brothers and sisters, first and foremost, I welcome you yet again to the beginning of another school year. And and so in this new school year, you and I already know the challenges are ahead of us, and we'll get to those in a moment. But first, I'd like you to think about the environment that we're in, not just speaking about Loyola, but the fact that we're outside. And if you listen to the sounds around us, you can hear the wind around us. You can hear the, the crashing of the waves against the coast over here. And then, of course, you can hear cars and sirens, and a little bit here and there, you can hear people walking and talking. And the point I want you to think about is that when you are walking from class to class or when you're in your room thinking about the world, the world is whatever you want it to be. Half of the world is what's in front of you, half of the world is what is inside of you. And what do I mean by this? That half of the world is just what is in front of you. Meaning I'm standing here before you and there's 50, 60 odd Muslims right here but half of it's also inside of me, meaning what do I notice about you? That maybe I notice your expressions, maybe I notice the way you're sitting, maybe I'm interpreting in your expressions and the way you're sitting something that you may or may not be thinking. That's within me. So half is what's in front of me, half is what is inside of me. Let's take it a step further. That this weekend we have two of the largest national Muslim conferences down in Tinley Park. We have the Mosque Cares Convention, which is almost always there every year in Labor Day. And then we have ISNA over here in Rosemont, which is here in Chicagoland almost every other year. 
And there you'll see 20,000, 30,000, 40,000 Muslims together. Some will be there for lectures, some will be at the bazaar, some will just be hanging out, whatever the case may be. But even there, what you notice, half of it is what you have in front of you and half of it is what you have inside of you. Meaning, when you look at the convention, if you look at it as chaos, what you're noticing are people walking around left and right in every single direction, but inside of you, you're interpreting it as chaos. Okay. Or if you see it as beauty, same crowd of people, same crowd of people walking in every direction, but inside of you, you notice all this beauty, you notice all this joy. Again, half of it is in front of you, half of it is inside of you. So let's make the point even wider. When you think of the Ummah itself, when you think of the Muslim community itself, the same point. Half is in front of you, half is inside of you. So how do you think of the Ummah? Do you think of the Ummah as a number of people that are very tightly working together, that are in uh, love for Allah with each other, that are in service for Allah with each other, that are humble, that are praying, that are upright? Or when you think of the Ummah, do you think of the Ummah as a bunch of lazy people, as a bunch of hypocrites who don't care about anything but themselves? Half of it is in front of you, half of it is inside of you. Meaning what? Do we have hypocrites in our community? Absolutely. Do we have upright people in our community? Absolutely. But what you notice is more a statement about yourself than what's in front of you. Think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. What we're saying then is that is a choice. That if you want to look at the Ummah as something that you value, that is a choice that you make. If you want to look at the Ummah as this burden that you have to drag that holds you down, that is a choice that you make. So often when many of us, many of the students come to my office, you'll tell me about all these things that people say in the community here and there. And over and over again, I'll have to say, okay, that's what those people say. That doesn't mean it's correct. So we also choose what we choose to hear. That if we want to hear criticism, but not hear praise, that's a choice. So think about this, my beloved brothers and sisters. When you think of the Ummah, what do you think of? Because that is your choice to think of it that way. So then what are we advised? We'll get to that in a moment. But let's make this point even wider. That if you look at your experience in life, most of you are, are around 20 years old, a little bit younger, a little bit older. And you look back at your life. What is your reflex when you think about whether it is a good life or a tough life, an easy life, a struggling life? Because every one of us has had everything. But what do you notice about your life? And then likewise, when you look at your next 20 years, what do you think of your life in terms of what it will be? That is your choice to decide. So now think of the fact that you're sitting here in the bright sunlight, gaining vitamin D. You're listening to the wind. You're listening to the waves. Do you find that to be pleasurable? Or are you thinking to yourself, I can't wait to get out of this? That is your choice. Now, who is it that put the sun before us? Who is it that put the wind before us? Who is it that put the waves before us? Obviously, Allah Ta'ala. So what are we saying here? That what I think of my life reflects what I think of Allah. What I think of the world around me reflects what I think of Allah. And it's the same point. Some of it is what is in front of me and some of it is what is inside of me. One of the most common clauses from one of the most commonly narrated hadith 
is where Allah Ta'ala is saying that I am, this is a Hadith Qudsi, meaning the, Allah Ta'ala is being quoted by the Prophet, peace be upon him, not in the Qur'an. And, and Allah Ta'ala is reported to have said through the Prophet, peace be upon him, I am what my servant thinks of me. So what am I saying? If you honestly in your heart see Allah as one who is giving you rahmah, mercy, and not just giving you rahmah, overflowing in rahmah for you, as though you're standing in the middle of a waterfall and rahmah upon rahmah upon rahmah is falling upon you. If you see that in terms of what Allah is giving you, then that is who Allah is to you. But if on the flip side, you feel that Allah is out to punish you. And that's how you're going to experience life. You're going to see all your struggles as punishments. If you see Allah as abandoning you, then that's how you're going to experience life. You're going to think that Allah is not there to help you. If you think Allah hates you, on all three of those, then that is how you're going to interpret what happens to you in life. But what are we prescribed? We're prescribed to look at Allah through his attributes and the most commonly repeated attributes of the attributes of Rahmah. And you've heard this from me many times. What is Rahmah? Half of Rahmah is mercy, meaning giving ease. Even if you're justified in giving difficulty, giving ease. Even if you have no reason to give ease. And the other half is you're seeking to bring the recipient of mercy closer to you. And so what are we saying? That the default relationship that Allah tells us that He has with us is Rahmah, which means my goal then is to see my life, no matter how big the struggles are in my life, to see my life as Rahmah being poured and poured and poured upon me, whether or not I notice it, whether or not I accept it, whether or not I want to accept it. Because this is what happens sometimes. Sometimes when we get upset, we want to be upset. When we get upset, we want to look for reasons to be upset. Or like when we get angry, we start looking for more reasons to make us angry. And we have to steer away from that. And the, and the Prophet, peace be upon him, gives us many advices. Say, A'udhu Billah, I seek refuge in Allah. Drink water, drink some cold water. Sit down, if you're, if you're, if you're sitting down, lie down. Point is, my beloved brothers and sisters, these are conscious choices that you make. So I'm suggesting, even while you're sitting here, try to consciously think of your experience right now as though Allah is pouring rahmah upon rahmah upon rahmah upon you, whether or not you or I even notice it. And then, how do you start noticing it? Start looking at everything that He's given us like the sun, like the waves, like the wind, like the ability to sit and pray here. How many Muslim populations are there in the world who do not even have this? How many Muslim populations are there even in Chicago who do not have this? How many, how many Muslims are there in Chicago who can't go to Juma because they have to work and they can't even take a small time off? Okay. And then on top of that, we have these plush carpets that we can sit on. The point is that you and I know that the blessings are endless, but to help appreciate the Rahman that Allah Ta'ala has given you and I, you have to actually take the effort and look for it, and it's right there in front of your face like a blinding light. And so now, thinking about that, think of all the times you've fallen short, and let us now take a moment to ask forgiveness from Allah.
Nahmaduhu Wanusali Ala Rasulihil Kareem Amma Ba'ad. We express our praise and gratitude to Allah Ta'ala and we seek blessings on the Prophet, peace be upon him. So my beloved brothers and sisters, I'm encouraging each and every one of us to take the conscious effort to see, to experience, to receive the Rahmah that Allah is already pouring upon us. It's a choice to refuse it. It's a choice to accept it. And sometimes we resist accepting it because that means we have to acknowledge that our lives are much better than what we want to acknowledge that they are. Now, why is that important now? Number one, we're at the beginning of the school year. And as you know, school is also a metaphor for life. You gotta work, sometimes you're gonna be tested. You don't know how the test is gonna play out. You don't know how the test is gonna finish. And then hopefully, inshallah, you pass with flying colors and then you work some more, then you get tested again. And then eventually break time, then eventually the end of the school year. But what else am I saying? Think about the anxiety you feel when the test is coming, when the assignment is coming. Think about the anxiety that you feel after you've taken the test, after you submitted the assignment and you're wondering how you did. Because that's the same thing that you and I have in terms of facing Allah on the Day of Judgment. And what I'm saying, even then, your starting point should be to see that Allah is giving you Rahmah upon Rahmah upon Rahmah. He may reward us with justice, or He may reward us with Rahmah. And such is the case with your papers and your tests. Your teacher may give you exactly what you deserve, or your teacher may be generous, but your teacher is not Allah. Your teacher might even give you less than what you deserve. But what am I saying, my beloved brothers and sisters? Try to keep reminding yourselves about that point. And then there's an additional point, which we'll talk about further next week as we get closer to the Eid, inshallah, that what is the greatest rahmah that Allah Ta'ala has given us? And that is the Prophet, peace be upon him. There is no greater rahmah that he has given us than the Prophet, peace be upon him. So what am I saying? Think about how valuable the sun is for my existence and your existence. Think about that gentle heat that the sun is giving us mixed with this cool wind that's very pleasant for many of us right now. And the Prophet, peace be upon him, is far greater of a rahmah than that. Think about what you think of when you think of the Prophet, peace be upon him. What is his expression like? When you think of him, think of him smiling. When you th see the people around him, whether we speak of his family or his companions, why do they want to be near him? Part of it is because he is carrying the truth. Part of it is because he is the truth. But I'd suggest to you that much of it is out of love for him, love for his company, and love for the love that he gives them. And then what else do we get through the Prophet, peace be upon him? We get guidance. That Allah Ta'ala, as you and I know, is giving us guidance through the Prophet, peace be upon him. Because the other option is that you're walking through a forest and you have no idea where to go. You have no idea if there's a direction. You have no idea if there's a purpose. So bring us back to you being students here. What is your purpose here as students? And what is your purpose beyond that? Your purpose here as students? Once again, you'll hear me say this over and over again, is to be the best of the students in your class. Simply put, your purpose is to get your degree. To get your degree with such grades that you can get into your next program. But as I mentioned to many of us last week, that make it your goal to be the hardest working person in your class. Figure out who are the gunners in your class, who are the most excellent students in your class, and that is your competition. 
Because what is your nafs saying? What is shaitan saying? Relax, get an A. You don't have to get an A+. Relax, things will be fine. And just take your time, get to the work later. But I'm saying have the disposition of excellence. Because excellence, the opportunity for excellence, is also a rahmah. So Allah's default relationship with us is rahmah. The Prophet, peace be upon him, is walking rahmah lil alameen for all the world. And then how do you and I interact with each other? This is in Surah Al-Fat, this is the 48th Surah of the Qur'an. Ruhama baynahum. Ruhama baynahum. And what is that? That they give rahmah to each other. So what am I saying? We have a lot of conversation in our society these days about having safe spaces, about having trigger warnings. And what is a safe space? A place where you can go. A place where you can go. A place where you can go 